This is our fifth session on Ephesians 3, 7 to 13, and I'll read up through, I guess, verse 11, because we're going to focus on 10 and 11 in the next unit or two. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach the gospel. So this grace was given, and now two purposes. One, to preach as gospel to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then second purpose, to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. And now, the so that which flows from these two purposes. So purpose number one, to preach as gospel the unsearchable riches of Christ. And purpose number two of this ministry is to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. That's how far we've gotten in our effort to understand how Paul is putting things together. And now all of this is flowing to this ultimate purpose, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God may now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And that was to, that was in accord with, that was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's the unit we're going to focus on now for the next couple of sessions. And I simply want to park on church. Paul uses the word church, Greek ekklesias, the, the called out ones. He uses the word church nine times in this letter, and it always refers to something bigger than the local church, something bigger than a regional church. It refers to the cosmic people of God across all ages. Now, I thought it would be good to just pause, step back, and see how broad the meaning of the word church is for Paul and the rest of the New Testament. So this is a little lesson on the meaning of church in the New Testament. Just look at a few passages. The word ekklesia, and that's what all of these texts refer to, the Greek ekklesia, may be something as simple as an, a spontaneous gathering. Acts 19.32, now some cried out one thing and some another, for the assembly, that's the word ecclesia, was in confusion, and most of them did not know why they had come together. So this is not a Christian thing at all. This is just a random, mob-like, confused gathering of people upset about the ministry of the gospel. Or, here it is again in a more official way, in 1938, if therefore Demetrius and the craftsmen with him have a complaint against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls, let them bring charges against one another. But if you see anything further, it shall be settled in the regular assembly. 
So that's the word church right there, ecclesia, a secular gathering, this time of an official nature. Now, here are the Christian uses in the New Testament. Here's 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. So, coming together in an assembly for the purposes of doing the church work, doing the church worship, being a gathered people of God, church. Or it can be in a house, or not or. That very thing can be manifest in a house gathering. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. So, a church gathers in the house of Nympha. Or 1 Corinthians 16, 19. The churches of Asia send you greetings. So, all the churches of a region region can be thought of as individual assemblies or individual churches. And I only point that out because we're going to see in the next slide that a region can be spoken of as having one church, meaning that these churches are thought of as the church. So the churches of Asia send you greetings. And now here, Acts 9.31, so the church, singular, throughout all Judea. So there's lots of churches in Judea, and those churches are called the church throughout all Judea. Or all the churches, or one church in a city. 1 Corinthians 1, 2. To the church of God that is in Corinth. Now, we don't know how many local house gatherings this involved, or whether it was just one gathering. Maybe they had a, a building big enough all to fit together for a while. But Paul addresses the church in the city as a singular entity, just like he did the church throughout all Judea. In other words, this, this word for ecclesia, this word ecclesia, is very flexible. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Here's Ephesians 5, 23 to 33. This, this is a text from Ephesians. Remember, it's used nine times in Ephesians, and they're all, as you will see, let's see what they are. The husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water in the word, so that he might present the church singular, to himself in splendor. That's not just one body. It's like the church in Corinth. That's the entire global people of God in Christ for all time, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she, the church, might be holy and without blemish. So one, two, three, four times in this passage the church refers to the often called universal church. 
And then comes Ephesians chapter 1, and he put, God put all things under his Christ's feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So this cosmic universal dimension, that's the way the word is used always in Ephesians. So we come back now to our text, and we'll stop here, but just make sure we fix our eyes on it. So that through the church, so this is the universal people of God, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So the entire body of Christ gathered for, uh, not in a, a location, but for a demonstration of the wisdom of God globally and across all time, is what Paul is referring to here. And if we pause to just say, so why in the world do we use the word C-H-U-R-C-H in English? What in the world does that word mean? Where did that come from? It comes from the Old English, kuriakos. You can slightly hear the word kirk, Scottish kirk or church. Kuriakos, which means belonging to the Lord. So if you want an etymological explanation for why the word church is used for the New Testament word ecclesias, the answer is that the English word the Lord's, the Lord's people, the Lord's house, developed into the word church. But it's better to think behind the word church is the called out ones, which has an enormously broad uh, group of meanings from the house church to the local gathering larger to regional gatherings to city gatherings to universal gathering. And you simply have to discern from the context what particular meaning is being cited by the author. And so next time we're going to pick up here and ask, now, how is it that the manifold wisdom of God is seen by rulers and authorities in the universal church made up of Jew and all the nations, Jews and nations in Christ? It's next time.